I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, August 11th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So the Wall Street Journal did a pretty interesting study, Jay, and here's what they found. So they found that in 75% of instances, it takes three years after graduation for the median pay of a man to exceed a woman's. Now, I think what this tells me is that we still have a long way to go in figuring out that gender pay gap. We do. And I wish that that was a surprising number, but it's not. And there's still work to do, obviously. I think it's just a good reminder, though, that the gender pay gap definitely does exist and that it doesn't really make a lot of sense. They have this is for people graduating with the exact same degree, but somehow by the forces that be, that gap is created. And I was just blown away by that stat. I think it's always good to keep that in mind. It is good to keep that in mind and address it every day. We could give the same stat every day until it goes away, but that might get repetitive on the pod, but certainly worthwhile talking about. Yeah, well, you know, maybe we'll do a quarterly segment on it, Jay. Maybe we'll do a deeper dive story into it soon. I like it. Brett, I mean, I don't like the stat. I like like continuing to focus on it. Brett, (laughs) aside from that disturbing stat in the Wall Street Journal, what do we have for Peak Pals today? Well, we got a great bundle of stories for you today, Jay. So for the first story, big companies are pulling back on discretionary spend. For our second story, heat in Europe is becoming a really big problem. And for our last story, surprise, surprise, Domino's is exiting the Italian markets. A sad day. (laughs) Who could have predicted? But for our first story, as a wave of economic uncertainty hits big tech, Microsoft is reining in the fun money. I hear it's meant cutbacks at the peaks office, Brett. No more all-you-can-eat ice cream and all-you-can-drink coffee? Well, no. All-you-can-drink coffee stays. All-you-can-eat ice cream out the window. We can't afford it anymore. And so maybe we'll bring it back next summer, Jay. But it's not just us that are cutting back. Managers are telling big spenders that those corporate cards that they have, they're for emergencies only. So no more ice cream. As new cutbacks to the company's budget target expenses for business travel, team gatherings, and other things that make people just want to work at tech companies. Last month, Microsoft decided to cut jobs to realign business groups and roles despite intending to grow its headcount in the coming months. This according to Bloomberg. Which is why this all matters. It's not just delivery and fintech startups feeling the effects of recession fears. Investors may be pulling their money out of risky ventures first, but now we're seeing more established companies with once seemingly limitless budgets announcing cutbacks. Microsoft went from massive product launch parties to managers paying out of pocket for picnics, but many companies are rolling out similar cost-cutting measures in addition to Microsoft. Uh, Crimea River. Within the last month, companies like Wix, SoftBank, as we talked about yesterday, obviously, uh, Warner Brothers, Allbirds, they've all announced that they're poking around for places to cut costs. And the bottom line here is that companies are playing smarter, not harder with their budgets as they look to stay afloat. So we suggest holding off any questions about this year's Christmas party, Jay, although we will be having and you'll be invited. Thanks. For our second story, extreme heat and low rainfall are drying up Europe's rivers, which could lead to potentially catastrophic impacts on the $80 billion river trade that has contributed to the EU's economy. Now, it doesn't feel like anything is really going Europe's way right now, Jay. What's the latest? Not really. A key waypoint on the Rhine, the EU's most important river for trade, is on track to dry up, dry up, Brett, later this week to a point where it'll be unpassable. That doesn't sound good. Other rivers, including Italy's Po, France's Rhone, not to be confused with the Rhine, and Gahon, and the, you know, I always get this one wrong, Jay. The Danube. The Danube. Thank you. The EU's <laughs> longest river and another major trade route are also at precariously low levels and high temperatures. 
every year, 300 million tons of goods are shipped along the Rhine between Basel, where Switzerland, Germany, and France meet, and the North Sea, this according to Politico. Not, not the geographies according to Politico, but the actual story. Now, trading on the Rhine accounts for 80% of all waterborne freight within Germany. Which is why this matters so much. A shutdown of the Rhine could not come at a worse time, given the EU's crippling energy crisis, as it's a major delivery route for coal and fuel throughout Central and Western Europe. I feel like whenever a hip lyric comes out in the podcast, I have to say it. So it couldn't come at a worse time, Brett. The Rhine's looming shutdown has already contributed to rising gas prices and put major stresses on German coal power plants. And it's not just energy that would be affected. The transport of everything from grain to chemicals to car parts would be disrupted as would, and this is unfortunate for folks like us, a tourism in the region, leaving those beautiful river cruises stranded. Transport on the Rhine has previously shut down for six months in 2018 due to low water levels, which resulted in 5 billion euro drop in European GDP in the region. Such a stoppage could result in a much bigger loss this time around because, you know, Europe is dealing with a lot of other things at the moment. Now, the bottom line here is that Europe's strata rivers are an example of how climate change directly derails trade and wreaks havoc on vital economic systems. And Jay, I hate to say it again, but it sounds like this could be the perfect storm. <laughs> the perfect storm on the Rhine. And for our last story, La Vida isn't very dulce right now for Domino's after the pizza chain failed to take off in the saucy dishes birthplace of Italy, Brett. Italy just doesn't feel like the best market for Domino's to compete in. What's the background here? Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, Jay. So Domino's entered Italy in 2015 looking to capitalize on the pizza-loving market. They do love pizza. They invented it by offering a large-scale delivery service and betting customers would be intrigued by its more non-traditional toppings like pineapple and barbecue chicken. Intrigued might not be the right word, but now Domino's has closed its 34 locations in the country and filed for creditor protection after running out of money and accruing 10.6 million euros in debt as of 2020. Now, as it turns out, Italians and their refined palates weren't intrigued by the chain's foreign offerings and chose instead to stick with local restaurants. And Jay, can you blame them? I cannot blame them. Likewise, the concept of pizza delivery guy became a lot less novel after food delivery platforms took off in Italy during the pandemic. But they really did try, Jay, even after putting in tons of market research and developing a dough recipe designed specifically for the Italian market. Domino's wasn't accurately able to gauge customer desires. Yeah, it's fate that has been befallen many mighty American companies trying to make the leap to a new market. Here's the list, Brett. Walmart in Germany, Starbucks in Australia, McDonald's in Barbados, and who could forget Target's romp in Canada. Yeah, some of those, some of the best business stories on earth were just named. But Jay, look, you know, it's a tough day for the Domino's Corporation. There's probably a lot of people pretty down on themselves right now at, at their failed attempted expansion. But if it's any consolation to Domino's, you're still immensely popular in Canada. You made $275 on a single pizza the other week from one customer in Alberta. Google that. It's a fun story. And Jay, I'll, I'll speak personally on this one. I'm more of a pizza pizza guy. I know you are. You've mentioned that before. I will give you your pizza pizza. You can also take Domino's. I'm going to go with more artisanal. And I won't give a plug to my sister-in-law's restaurant, Tutti Matti, on no, Adelaide Street, because uh, I know there's no free plugs. Now you're just sounding like the Italians, Jay. That's not helpful. <laughs> Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to. And only. Daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. 
If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, something that happened today that hasn't happened really like in a month. Do you know what it is? It's sweatshirt weather. No, no. Yeah. I disagree with that. It's not sweatshirt weather? No, it's sweatshirt weather inside my in the office, which is air conditioned. But outside, it's beautiful. It's a nice it was, day. It's like 17 don't degrees. Scare, don't, scare, don't scare the Peak Pals, Jay. What are you doing here? I won't scare the Peak Pals. Brett, have a good day. You too, Jay.